It's your turn, Joe. <laughs> okay. It didn't come off uh, automatically like it was supposed to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think putting this background thing up uh, screwed some stuff over. It sounded funky, too. Did it okay. sound funky to you? Uh, not really. I can hear it pretty well. Okay. It was choppy, cutting in and out and everything. And yeah. Anyway, welcome <laughs> to Biggest Geekus. We're your hosts. I am Joe. And I'm Randy. This is episode 111 of the show. And the date is, is uh, Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. Yes. So I put this uh, background up here. Oh, my finger's gone. <laughs> That's cool. Yes, Joe is tiny now. Yeah. Uh, put this background up because I still have the plain old walls behind me. And um, yeah. Tiny. Oh, I guess I do look a little smaller. It's because my camera is farther away from me. Yeah, you seem kind of small. <laughs> tiny Joe. No, I'm far away. Look at that. David. Part of me is disappearing. Parts of me. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Got a good crowd tonight, looks like. Duncan in the house, Duncan Bradley, L, Green Apple, Iron Man. I think I saw Flady, too. Flady's here. Patrick Martinson. Yeah, there's Flady one. What's up, dude? You got a good crowd already just sneaking on in here. Dark yeah. in the house. Well, they want to hear all about evil is what it they is. They do, and the evilness is coming. <laughs> they like the evil. They do. Right, so um, I switched things up. I, well, I switched things up last week. And uh, I didn't. I still haven't gotten any decorations up because this past weekend we had our Halloween party. It was fun. It was fun, and I was so tired the next day <laughs> because uh, a lot of work went into getting the house ready and then getting um, everything ready for the party. And uh, yeah, I I didn't do anything Sunday. Whoa! I slept a lot and I finished. Um, Monster Hunter International, not International, Monster Hunter Alpha. That's the third in that series. Okay. So What is that? Snap, snap. Oh, oh, dude. Joe's drinking beer. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. Are you drinking a energy drink? Well, it's an energy drink, yes. It has only 20 calories as compared to a Mountain Dew of its size, which would have 520 probably. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, so you had All I have to do is drink a little bit, and my head, my head goes floating. My body wow. disappears. <laughs> wow. Body disappearing drink, energy drink. So the local homies had the party at Joe's house. It was fun. He and his wife hosted a good time. A little bit of a murder mystery. Played a game. What was it called? Curses. Yeah, vampire curses. There's. There's kind of an issue with that game, though. Yeah. Because what in curses, it's a it's a card game for for parties, and uh, essentially, if you get cursed, you do something unpleasant, uh, or you know, it could be oh, funny. Um, funny. But some of the things that you might have to do for the rest of the game are hold your hands against your head. Yes. Or um, Patrick had to do the whole vampire thing because part of it was vampire curses so it was vampire themed and and you have your and and there's a werewolf theme in it too and my fingers are disappearing so you had to put your fingers up like claws so he did both of those 
for like an hour because it took a long time. <laughs> and uh, that can be a bit uh, he said he, he was in a lot of pain. Yeah, his hand was uh, cool. yeah. Hi, phone guy. Cool. Yeah, Patrick says my hand cramping and shoulder pain only subsided yesterday. Dang, dude. It's rough. Yeah, so uh, most the, the non-physical stuff, it's like talking a funny accent, um, do a particular uh, verbal routine whenever you take a card or when it's your turn or something like that. And it's it, that's all good, good and well. But the other stuff can be uh, – can. Um, it can be painful, and it's a game. It shouldn't be painful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how bad do you want it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we didn't get you to better game. Better sell it. We didn't get to game Thursday. Um, Joe started the the bowing out part. He had to get ready for the party, which is understandable. And then uh, someone else had to work, or their neck was hurting, and then this was happening. So we ended up not having enough. So I did get to hang out with a couple of my buds that night. We just we watched Slither. If you've oh, never yeah. seen Slither, that is great, dude. It's a Nathan Fillion movie. I might be one of his early ones, and uh, it is a hilarious horror comedy. I'm trying to squeeze in horror movies uh, until the end of October. I've watched several. I like to do that during Halloween. So, But, yeah, not gamed any at all. Um, did some work on the weekend. Didn't get to work on any of the fun stuff like Big Geek Adventures. Joe's yeah, I'm Chroma King, a white wall. I am, well... Wearing a black shirt and the walls blue, so I'm I'm probably causing a lot of um, issues inside the the uh, the uh, program that's doing this whole thing. Uh, hence my hand disappearing and doing all kinds of weird stuff. All right, we got a new guy trolling. Whoever that is, he says hello. Oh, neighbor, the beast is in the house. We've already said hello to phone guy. Trolling might be one of the DVR army guys. You think? Maybe, maybe. If not, so yes, DV Army is here at least with Phone Guy. Hopefully, trolling is is uh, part one of, of those team. guys as well, or just a visitor. Yeah, that's cool. And, Glad to have him. Uh, Man of War. How oh. is how is the beast? Yes, <laughs> yes. You doing well? This must be his time, his favorite time of the year, I would imagine. Enjoying a little Halloween action. All right. Yeah, trolling is a DVR Army guy. Excellent. Good to have them in the Good house. deal. Good deal. DVR Army, for those who are unaware, they um, they uh, are scam baiters. They try to bust up scam rings, uh, uh, generally the phone scamming that uh, folks, uh, a lot of folks in India do. Yeah. Um, there's a few different uh, scams that they um, that they perpetrate, and they like to bust that stuff up. Yeah. All right, man. Oh, we got T-shirt historian. Welcome. Howdy. Mr. Boivin, good crowd. Oh, you will, Malachi. Don't worry. He wants to hear about Palladium. I'm going to give some of the skinny tonight and some of it on uh, Friday night chill stream with Max. I believe if he still wants us, uh, Patrick and I are going to be on Friday night. So look for look for us there. We'll give you even more detailed information. I didn't get to go, so I'm not invited. No, Joe's a punk. <laughs> he can't go. He didn't show. He don't get to go. <laughs> oh man, let's talk about the many faces of evil unless you got something let's, else to talk about. Let's talk about the evil. So um we've done a couple of episodes dealing with evil. Uh, 
<laughs> Let's see, back in episode uh, 38 and episode 80 when we had Shadow and Sun on. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of a rehash, but it's Halloween and, you know, everybody knows Halloween's all evil-like. So we just yeah. decided to... Uh, we just decided to go ahead and talk about it again. Oh, before we get into it, I got to know, what is uh, FNCS? Friday Night Chill Stream. Oh, he's going to miss part of it. Yeah. I don't know when we'll, <laughs> I don't know when Max once is on there. So earlier is better. I'd rather not show up at three in the morning. Last did week, he, what, did last he stick week? with the six o'clock start time? I just listened to one of those, uh, the show, uh, the shows on podcast. And it's a couple months behind, and he said he was going to switch to six. Oh, I didn't know. I was thinking it was starting at nine still. Okay. I better figure that out. Yeah. But Actually, find out. let's go ahead and talk to Max. That would be smart. He wasn't, well, six o'clock his time, which is seven o'clock our time. Okay. So, uh. Okay. Oh, 8 p.m. Uh, 8 p.m. is going to be us. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Legion's in. Just asking what time we're starting there, Legion. So on uh, Friday, Patrick and I are going to try to show up for a little bit if you want and talk a little Palladium. The secrets that we have learned. Well, not really, but some stuff. Some. Some stuff. You have to, we'd have to actually probably move next door to him to find out all the stuff. All the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Or bug, do something evil and bug their office. Yes. Excellent. We'll do evilness. So we talked about before, with the, as Joe said in another stream, a couple other videos. And actually, episode 38 was way back when we were just podcasting. And right. um, this is a lot of that. So those that are relatively new uh, can get in on this. We started with the seven deadly sins. Um, so as far as evil goes, I, I think those are great for the game, those are great ways to begin uh, building they're good archetypes. Yeah, they're good yeah, archetypes. Yeah, they really are. Um, I think um, a lot of the game, it seems like, especially, gosh, as much as I hate dog and my beloved Planescape, when they brought in that moral relativism, things got a little bit weird. Um, and sure. Uh, while I was fascinated with it, I didn't think of it in the 90s as morally relativistic. But when you could have a group where you could have a lawful neutral warrior and a lawful good paladin and a lawful evil devil in the same faction, that seemed a little bit off. Um, yes. yes. So. Evil is as work does. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that's the thing. Another thing about evil in D&D, traditionally. Mm hmm if that's a word we can use with reference to D&D. Traditionally, um, creatures had an, had evil as part of their essential nature. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And that was, uh, and in the very beginning of the game, they were just allied with chaos. You know, chaos, they were all chaotic. All monsters were chaotic, pretty much. There were, there may have been some, um, some exceptions, but there were few. Yeah, and so for me, I mean, I, I kind of I figure we were lumping the whole idea together, you know, um, chaotic evil, lawful evil, neutral evil, whatever your flavor of They're evil. They're all evil. Yeah, um, and so we... Uh, should throw chaotic neutral in there, too, just because they're so stupid. I, I find it so irritating. I would find it <laughs> evil, personally. Um, so I had a definition. I had this from before. Um, 
evil by, and I don't know where I, I don't have a link. I should have, um, morally bad or wrong, wicked, causing ruin, injury, or pain, harmful. Some would say adventurers by default evil. <laughs> by that, well, part. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times adventurers will go around and poke their pointy swords into uh, things that are in between them and treasure. Yeah. And third was characterized by or indicating future misfortune or uh, ominous. Um, I think the evil thing is, and what's that term people like to use these days? Murder hobos. Yeah, yeah. I guess I kind of don't. Um, I don't care for that phrase. Um, well, murder hobos is this is this is the murder hobo, I believe. Um, uh, I can be corrected. Is. Um, DM says, hey, what do you want to go do? Uh, we want to kill the monsters and take their stuff. And they kick in the door of whatever, and they just murder everything in sight and take the treasure. And that's their whole um, a reason for being. Yeah. Um, so you call the, the early game about being a murder hobo because they're in the early game, you just went through dungeons. I mean, that was basically... That was what you did. And the the monsters were there guarding the treasure. You killed the monsters. And there wasn't any kind of moral quandary about it. Which is... But but nowadays, if you don't attach some reason like, oh, the monsters are there. There's some treasure. But, you know, they have kidnapped a princess and you have to go rescue the princess. So they're doing something nefarious uh, apart from just existing as monsters. So that will add, that will take away the murder hoboness of the whole thing. But, uh, you know, who cares if you kill a bunch of monsters? They're monsters. They're going to kill, they're going to eat people. That's what monsters do. I can't highlight, uh, I can't seem to highlight comments. Green Apple has one at 744 that I think is pretty good. Uh, Green Apple says, I thought murder hobos were people that killed the bartender or innkeeper for looking at them wrong. That uh, too. That too, but I, yeah, looking at everybody as experience points, I guess, right? Um, L has a definition too, uh, murder hobo. If you look at seven forty four, no home, just travel around killing stuff for loot. Right, hobos because they don't have their own place. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the idea, and I, I guess you can have that mentality, and I guess that's not so bad. Just as long as it's, I always thought they were implying they were evil, but maybe not. Maybe they just go around and kill stuff for loot. Do they kill creatures too? I mean, then that would be questionable, right? Well, but the murder hobo um, phrase or um, moniker, murder hobo is uh, a uh, slur. It's not a. It's not a. No. A moniker you that is um, denoting a good thing. So most people who use it, they use it in the negative. So. But yeah, if it's, mm -hmm. it's just, but they're monsters. Yeah. So. And don't some people like to play that way? Yeah. I mean, just let's get to go kill stuff. I don't mean like kill unicorns and, you know, and, and good fairies and gold dragons, but let's go, you know, be the heroes and just kill the stuff. I don't want to think too hard. I don't want a complex plot that makes me worry about whether I'm making, who oh, do I kill the orc babies or do I do this? I just want to kill monsters. Everything that's bad is, I mean, is, is a monster. So they look at it that, that way. Everything that's bad is, is, is a nail and they're a hammer. So, right. yeah. Right. So, but if what's your, and because of uh, the early game, 
now it fifth edition of course they've removed any sort of essentialness to anything so any creature can possess a range or any creature type can possess the same range of philosophies and emotion and and adherence to uh, ethics as humans right well, even demons yeah, and, and I, I, I'll, we'll talk more about uh, Max's most recent Friday Chill Stream later on. I thought it was really good. Max made a good point. I mean, as much as I don't li- – I think I didn't like the use of the term species, but he made a good, strong argument that it was better than races. And I think it, at least that way you can then say, look, elves aren't people. Devils aren't people. They're not They're human. Not. They don't think the same way. Um, in Planescape – you know, they started out with, you know, devils were made of the stuff of the nine hells. You know, they were evil souls, lawful evil souls that went to the nine hells, and then they were tortured forever and made into a lemure, which is this snotty little mini devil. Who eventually, and over their years and years and years, hundreds and hundreds, they grow in power and become more powerful devils. But they don't have this conscience that we do. They just think in orderly evil fashion. They obey the higher-ups as long as the higher-ups are looking. Right, and right. They do what they want and they want to control crap. And I think as much as it might be cute to have a devil who's somehow redeemed, I think for the most part, I'd be willing to consider that as a one-off thing that you would see one time period ever Randy use. But I probably wouldn't. Now, I would rather you be able to count on it. If it's a devil, you better be careful. Don't make deals with it. And... um yeah, it'll kill you. Legion makes a good point. Um, he says uh, at 747, I can't highlight him, Joe. I don't, don't know why I can't. Um, uh, I've been saying species since before the woke started to use it. I have an old, very old video on that topic. Yeah, I should probably look that up because one of the reasons I was opposed to it, like when Pathfinder 2nd Edition, I think they started using it, and Savage Worlds version of Pathfinder used it, and it really bothered me is because it felt wokeish that they were trying to do something weird. But I think it is more accurate. Yeah, probably. Slightly. The thing is, we—it's been part of the RPG lexicon Race. for decades. Race, Race. Mm-hmm. and nobody had a problem with it, really. That's right. And, and until race became a word, people wanted to not use anymore. And that happened before this woke stuff. Race has been a word that folks kind of point at and say, "Oh, that." We, we don't like race uh, because there's only one human well, I species. Don't. Only, I agree with only that. One. I don't consider yeah. blacks and Asians a different race than me. Well, they're not. They're not. They're, we're all humans. We're all humans. It's a, it's a, it's a people group. Um, if you look. But that's if, – if all you do is look at race in, in, the, uh, in the real world, if you say race is a people group and stop there, we should be fine, Right. There's no reason to worry about it, but there's a lot of baggage with race at this point. So a lot of people don't like using it. Uh, T-shirt at seven forty-eight. Can you give me the power to do this, Joe? Do you know? I can't. I can't just bless you with it. Um, did you follow the link? Yet? Okay. I think the last. Uh, I think the last time you had problems, you had to quit out, and then log in. Okay. Hmm. Ah, so he just 
he he just did it. He didn't uh, say I'll be back or anything. Um, T-shirted says biggest biggest geekus. We've got a kind of this whole argument Saturday with Griffin from Blackmore, right? So what I'm saying is, I'm, I think it's pretty clear. You still not able to? I didn't do the login thing. No, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try it. Excuse me, guys. Okay. All right. So we're doing a little technical stuff here. So yeah. Um, I don't. We. It's a word. We really shouldn't be all that scared to use it. Um, as long as we're not using it as a club or a division. So there are people groups. They are obvious, and uh, they're and you know they came through. Um, they're all a result of their local um, conditions. You know. Yeah, so no. No, sorry, forget it. You got it. I agree with you, Joe. Race is not a bad term and is proper for D&D. Personally, I use species because I don't like half races. So I liken them to non-breed, non-breeding species. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, me too. But anyway, so, yeah, that was a problem. Um, and, and here's another definition, and I highlighted it in red in the notes. I did it from before. That evil could be profound immorality and wickedness, especially when regarded as a supernatural force. That seems to be the um, the way I think about D and D monsters. So, say, say that say that part again. The, if, you, if you look, here's a fourth definition of evil that I noted in the note that I noted in our outline: profound immorality and wickedness, especially when regarded as a supernatural force. Um. And that's the way I look at monsters for yeah, the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, right. Because they're tied. They're they're not for humanity. Evil is a, a choice. For monsters, evil. For many monsters, if not most of them, evil is part of their makeup. They don't really have a choice. They're right. just they're just evil. Yeah. So yeah, that's why that's why it's no big deal to go kill them. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that that never bothered me. Um, I had a short, I had a short foray into the. Are you going to kill the baby Cobol? If you were around then, you may not remember it. I loved putting you guys in that little predicament, especially if Joe was a paladin or someone else was a paladin. But to me, that's just kind of. I'm not into that kind of questioning, and honestly, that just makes things because that that lends itself to every. Every race can be whatever. Maybe there's some good ones here. And again, right, you know, right. I think if you make a unique one, if you have a mind flayer who is converted by experiencing some religious, have some religious experience when it met a solar of some deity and it was really helped to turn to good, you could do that once. Um, but I don't think... I don't think I'd want to make that a commonplace thing. And by once, I mean almost once in my lifetime. Right, right. right. I wouldn't want to play that again. Um, yeah. So um, here's something else I wanted to think about, too. What about, and this is going to go into a couple of different places. Um, what about D&D evil versus real world evil? And I want to look at this in two ways, Joe. So I had mentioned this before off stream. As a, D, a DM first. Let's say 
you're you have become the foe of a magic user that escaped your clutches. Just imagine if you could. <laughs> it's our current campaign situation. Right. So, um, and let's say he's really smart, okay? And as a DM, if I'm going to play him really smart, and I don't have to be too smart about it, and he if he knows who you are and knows where you guys live, is it out of bounds for me as a dungeon master to do really heinous things? Like, what if you have befriended a uh, one of the ladies at the tavern who serves there, you know, your cleric's buddies with her or something, or maybe you've gotten a romantic relationship. And so I decide, you know what? He knows that. He's got his, he's, he's watched you. I don't mean immediately, but given time. And he just takes her and kills her. And you're off screen, just murders her. Right. Or if I'm like, use, and the worse than that, use her as the kidnap victim, which if I give you a chance to save her, that might be cool. But if I just do something heinous, or I wait till I catch your fighter asleep, and yeah. I attack you alone, with, I teleport in with, or even sneak in with a couple of uh, undead warriors and just kill you in your bed. Right. So all of this, all of that indicates that the only thing that that man has to do is, um, you know, wreak havoc on their, um, the, the poor party members. They have nothing else going on in their life. So right. because the amount of uh, resources it would take for them to know precisely where the characters are at um, and when they're sleeping might be beyond that character's capabilities. So you would have to figure out how they do that. And as a DM, maybe maybe you don't care. But I well, think I think that you can do, and that depends on the personality of this the the, the individual. It's right. not some universal. Right. So so um so we foiled what he was doing. Mm-hmm. This this wizard in question. Yeah. So sure, if he was the vindictive type, not nice. all uh, evil is. But if he was the vindictive type, he might do that. So you're saying if he's a vindictive type, then kid gloves are off. Could be. Could be. It all. Could be. It, it all depends. It all depends. Right. So, however you want to run the character, so you I mean, could do that. Are, or, or you know, a, de- a demon, you would probably expect some really heinous crap. Right. So the other thing, I mean, that can actually lend some uh, verisimilitude mm-hmm. to the campaign if you're running a campaign. Right. If it's just a bunch of one-offs, who cares? But if you're actually running a campaign and this is a, um, um, and this is a, 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 an enemy that can come back around, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I don't know. Uh, not all bets are off, but you have to just go with the way the guy is, right? Yeah. If he's vindictive type, then do, do you know. Not every villain. I mean, some villains, you know, that guy could be a guy's like, oh, I wanted to do that. But you know what? I got other things I can do. They're idiots. Got other things. really smart. I don't plus, need to Plus, I don't to do. if he's smart, every time he does things, exposes him to risk. So... A smart bad guy is going to weigh risk versus reward. So what? He's killed somebody that uh, one of our characters has met and maybe cares about a tiny bit. You know, we're PCs. We don't care about NPCs all that much. <laughs> you know, 
Not necessarily. Right. So, I mean. Sometimes you guys latch on them, though. I've seen it. Happen. We do. We do. Um, T-shirt, it says, biggest geek is this is exactly the problem. When you retcon an entire species to not be evil, it makes the one-offs less special. Dritz used to be special. Now he's normal. Yep. Now, there's an argument going on about the specialness of Dritz, but the point being is the, the point he's making is correct, especially since he's agreeing with us. So we'll we'll support him on that 100 percent. Legion says Dritz was never special. I, I think he was for a moment. He Just became a- so omnipresent in the D&D sphere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get what he's saying. get what he's saying. But point being. Drow are evil. Dritz wasn't. So yeah. that and um, it wasn't that they were subverting anything. And that's that's the whole point of what is going on yeah. is it's everything's being subverted and homogenized and uh, all that. So and initially Dritz was unique in yes. all of dr- drowness. And then they created that stupid Elastray religion and the good. Drow. Yeah, yeah. And it just got dumb. And he lost all his to me. He lost all his. uh Gravitas, is that the word? Yeah. You know, he, he lost it. So, um, yeah, and now everybody goes, uh, you're just a Dritz clone. Or you're a, another double scimitar-wielding ranger that's a drow. I mean, that happened for a long time in second edition. Everybody was doing that. So, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Legion says F drow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, whatever. I'm not a big fan of drow PCs, though we got a couple of players in our broader group that really like the drow so we've let well of course and i'll give you the reason they like drow <laughs> they're powerful mm-hmm. point blank that is it yeah they're too powerful <laughs> especially back in the day i mean now at this point uh, in the current editions of D, they're kind of just another race uh but when they first got brought in oh. yowza and in third edition they didn't take too much shine off of them with that spell resistance it was 12 oh, plus yeah. character level. That was boss, dude. I was like, what? <laughs> Who's the Kang? I'm the Kang. <laughs> I'm a Kang. 10th level drought. No touchy. So, yeah. Um, and see, the thing is, they're great as foes. Yes. Why do, why do you have... I don't get it. Why do you have to play the monster? They are such a heinous species. Right, right. You know I'm I could see... I can oh, see... Yeah. Right. I can see maybe... See, I, I think it'd be even... It would be cool to have like little um, bits of these types of monsters running around in the human in the human genome in the game. So uh-huh. maybe you got a bit of drow in you or a bit of elf or whatever. <laughs> and that's fine. But just being a full-on drow, yeah. it's just, it's tiresome. It's all tiresome, <laughs> as the meme goes. So as a DM, do you need to put, I mean, I, I know I would put constraints on my graphic descriptions of evil. Uh, okay, that's one I, thing you can do. But I would not, if I had a a demon who decided that you guys have protected, you know, kicked him out of some nun and this he possessed this nun and you booted her and you booted the demon out of her and saved her, he would come back. I would not be opposed to him killing the children. Right, right. You know, some people say, oh, I can't draw the That brings the X card stuff up, which is not in our group, but some people would. I wouldn't be like, describe every gruesome detail. Correct. But I would say, yeah, he's killing kids. And so you guys would make a concentrated effort to not just stop him, but you try to put him out of your misery forever. 
Right, which is hard for demons, but very hard. Yeah. But you know, yeah. high level. We would game. do our best. Yeah, if you're high level characters, it might motivate you to go to the abyss and kill him permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, um, graphic descriptions uh, can be an issue uh, for some, not all. Um, so if you don't want to do that, don't do that. Um, but I guess it depends on how badly what the makeup of your party, you know, the, the folks at your table, how much evil do you need to express to get you, those guys motivated to go kick that evil in the butt? Yeah. For, for, because for me, really, it doesn't I, take I, a whole lot. I can just say he's evil. They're like, all right, let's get him. Yeah. Uh, look at what L said at 801. If you'd put that up, it's kind of funny, but true. There's a hint to it. You would think. Uh, you, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You read it. If you would think if Hasbro wanted a movie, they would make a dritzed franchise. I've always thought that would actually be a good move. But then that would be canceled for Drow Face. Yeah. Yeah, that's it would because it would all depend on how they did it. If they depicted the Drow precisely as they are in D D lore, then you would they would have to have makeup on and they would have to they wouldn't be Africanized um humans yeah because drow drow are not no drow are elves that have black 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 what? black skin yeah. and white black, hair african dark skin even really right. dark, and, oh, dark and white hair but yeah. they wouldn't do that they would just be you know black yeah. people which so i guess is fine so yeah get out of here iron caster right below him i know he's kind of joking and we may talk about this he brings up a question at 802 is watsy one of the faces of evil he might be joking but well, um, okay, well, we may talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because in the chat, in the chat before we got started, folks were naming off uh, uh, real world individuals. This was primarily um, about evil um, NPCs, monsters, campaigns, types of the thing in the game, in game evil. However, I think you could describe. Uh, Describe it perhaps as evil. I mean, they 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 support the current uh, the current wokeness, which I can't I can't not call it evil. Well, we'll come back to that because yes. I, I think it fits one of our four definitions. Oh yeah, why don't you read? Why don't you read that? Bruce Lombardo, Dick's Division. The best black faced badass in a movie is not Tropic Thunder. The best black face in a movie is in Brotherhood of the Wolf. Great movie. <laughs> I don't remember that in Blood of, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. I, I remember the movie. It's the end fight scene. Oh, yeah. He he, he explains. Get hit Bruce's comment at the bottom. The end fight scene, Brotherhood of the Go Wolf, ahead. the main character. I'm sorry. John, I'm talking right over you. Go ahead, dude. No, we were talking over each other, which is what we used to do. True. The end fight scene in Brotherhood of the Wolf, the main character honors his fallen friend by going with a mask on. It's blackface. Right. Uh, technically red face. <laughs> True, but right, right, because his, his friend's kind of an is he an American? Well, They're France, so I don't. They, know. I, it seems like they were trying to make him out to be a Native American, uh, but he's actually eight, half Asian. So I don't, I don't know what he was supposed to be in the movie. <laughs> to be honest, but yeah, right. I get, I get what you're saying there, Mister Bruce. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's a good question. We'll bring that. Let's not forget that. Uh, I'm gonna. Should star that question by Iron Cast because it'll spur moments, spur up questions too. Um, so, what about PCs? 
if you're playing an evil PC, and I, and I don't want to get too far into evil campaign stuff, but let's imagine, here's where I want to place it at. Put it in two, two camps. If you're in an evil party, would you say anything goes? Oh, Joe just sneezed on me. He needs a break. Um, but I'm wondering, okay. Say that again. I said so. I'm going to put it in two two phases for a player. So the player character, player is playing an evil character. If he's in an all evil party, does anything go? And I, I would say on one hand, yes, which is why I don't like evil parties and evil campaigns. But on another hand, I don't want to hear about you raping, you know, children. Right. So anything goes. Uh, really depends on the table, the DM, if the part, the party, if everybody at the table including the DM says, let's do an evil campaign. And it all depends on what they say. You know, and it goes, anything that they say goes, goes. Right. So um, I would advise against, but everybody does their own thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think the D and D and all of its derivatives throughout the OSR and many other games that especially in the fantasy uh, adventure type game. Their best uh, iteration is when you're playing the good guys fighting the bad guys. At the very least, at the ve- at the very least, you're going into the dungeon, killing the monster, getting the treasure, bringing it back to the community to either use for yourself to spend and enrich the community by spending, or mm-hmm. maybe you've uncovered some lost knowledge. That's an archetypal story. And you were talking about evil and how it should be handled. I mm-hmm. think it should be handled in an archetypal way. You don't have to get too nitty gritty with it mm-hmm. for it to be effective. Archetypes are much better. Look at Iron Man's comment. See, that would be something I would be okay with. Evil can't. Uh, does it stop it kidnapping her? Right. But I'm saying. That could be. That's an archetypical situation. Sure, sure. He said, Ar- "Our man said, evil campaign first adventure. You have to kidnap a princess." One of the problems I have as a DM. This is just my own personal problem. I don't think of good adventures for evil people. Probably part of me just doesn't want to. Evil right. characters. I'm not interested in writing adventures for for them. Now, right. I, and that's one of the reasons I dislike it because it ends up being this. Well, <laughs> it's a pure sandbox. Because Randy's not going out of his way to do something special for you. There's not all of a sudden going to be a bunch of quests where they need evil people. People That doesn't even make any sense. Unless maybe they worked for worked for an evil organization. You think? Yeah. Uh, sure. You can, you can um, come up with an evil campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew some folks uh, when I was living in D.C., and they had a long-standing evil campaign. Long went a long time, decades. Basically, they had taken over the camp. I mean, they were the players were running things instead of the DM. They were always changing hats as far as DMing, and the DM was also a, a, a member of the party. Mm-hmm. It was so that when he was uh, DMing instead of playing, you know, his character was off doing something. You know, yeah. so the, it's not like he had a DMPC there, yeah. but it's still, hey, Shadow, cool. Shadow's Glad like- you could make it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, longstanding evil campaign. They took over the campaign world. Yeah. And it's 
the odd the odd part about it now that I'm looking back at it um, at this point is the fact that they switched hands as DMing. So they kind of just let it happen. So and they 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 um, have in-game things where they if a good person gets above level one, they go find them and kill them. That kind of thing. Really? Wow. Yeah. As, if, as if they as if there's a way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. whatever. Well, if you're in Ravenloft and you're a Ravenloft Lord, you can you can detect good people in your swimming so, ideal ideal like paladins and clerics and stuff. Um, right, right. The other part is if you're playing a primarily, and I've heard a lot of folks on this stream talk about it, and they're chatting some now about it in the in the chat. Uh, playing evil characters in a regular quote unquote regular neutral to good party. If you're playing that evil character, you may have to watch a little bit what you do, right? Oh, sure. If you are the lone evil or maybe a pair in a, a otherwise good party, uh, you do have to watch yourself. Because, I mean, you muted. You're muted. That, that might restrict you alone, right? That that might sure. be a restriction on its own. I mean, if you want to continue, because if you are doing evil, um, they're not going to want to be around you. Right. It's just, I prefer playing good guys. I, I get we've I've played we've played evil before. Yep. Long time ago. No fun. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't as satisfying. No, no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, legacy game mastering makes a comment about that. I know a lot of folks have that opinion. You want to read that? Playing uh, legacy game mastering says. Playing evil games can be fun as long as the evil is not stupid evil. Playing evil can be evil more akin to a plotting lich or an evil rival to a kingdom. Yeah, but you're still evil. So, I mean, yeah, I mean their own. I'd rather not. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not either. But I mean, yeah, I don't. But that's not what I want to talk about. So, so I think as a DM and a player, there, you know, you can do that. Um, Oh, Ironcaster. I like that statement. Look what he says at A12. The evil party is like one of those bucket list things. The players all just got it once. Yeah, I think that's true. Some folks really like it, and some folks have spent time uh, cultivating a way to play that works well. I've read plenty of issues like Dragon Magazine back in the day, and um, when I played Pathfinder, it was on their website. People talked about playing good evil campaigns. Some folks here in the chat are talking about ways to make that happen. Um I think it's. I think it can be done. It's just not my taste. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, know. it's all. It's all a matter of taste. I'm not telling you no. I, but I still think D and D is best. Mm-hmm. It, its best iteration is playing uh, the the good guy, defeating the monsters because that's what's. That's how it's set up. No, um, because okay. the, the your adversaries are evil. Yeah. Yeah, we do know Shadow and Son's opinions on evil. He was on here talking about it in campaigns and stuff. We do. That's true. Shadow helped us out one time. Um, a different tact here. Oh, go ahead. An evil campaign that would be fun would be a Thieves Guild campaign where you're not only fighting other families and organizations, but you also have true holy rollers after them. Yeah, I mean, um, if you don't, if the DM doesn't set, especially once the, the party does some heinous things, if the party, if the DM doesn't set somebody on their trail, then he's doing it wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I want to set that. Oh, uh, Legacy Game Master 
has a statement too. He prefers to play anti-heroes rather than evil. Um, doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. I guess that's anti-heroes. You know, I'm actually well, sure taking the law in your own hands. Some would see as the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, Punisher. You like the Punisher? Yeah. I just looked up real quick. A definition of an anti-hero is a type of character in literature who lacks the qualities of a traditional hero, like morality or clear interest in rules. They are not villains because there there are reasons to cheer for them, despite their complex motivations. Yeah, yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. Then, yeah, that could be. Sometimes I think people like anti-heroes more than heroes, is because they think that hero, the heroic heroes, are simple-minded. Yeah, their motivations aren't complicated like that article that you just read seemed to imply. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of taste. Right. But I've seen people say good is boring. You know, and people will say that about Superman. And, you know, you're welcome to your opinion. But to me, what really impresses me with Superman is his restraint. I'm talking about the real Superman. I'm not talking about what DC Comics Publishes yeah, now. that's 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 not. We're, tra- we're talking definitely pre to 2012, maybe pre 2000, um, maybe all the way back to 1980 and 90, 19, 1990. But uh, you know, he was so powerful. Yeah, Riddick. Now, yeah, yeah, I guess he was an antihero. Well, the other thing about those stories is he just he really just did what was in his best interest at the time. Mm-hmm. He he never set out to save the day. I mean, in the very first Riddick movie, he only killed the bad monster because he was going to get killed himself, really, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. Max, uh, Iron Man makes several good comments in a row. I like to, if you put these, put put Iron Man's up at 815. Um, Uh, It moved on me. It moved on me. An evil character can do things while ruling a city because it is the smart thing to do, right? A sophisticated player will help a lot, maybe limit the group to a couple. Yeah, I think that's true. And then Patrick makes a good – so the next the next two, if you put those up quickly. Patrick uh, is um, – That one? Yeah. Good is boring. Says more about the player. I agree. Good is not boring. Superman is not boring. And Mr. Boivin swings into a part that I'm leading to next, right after Patrick at 816. It's so complicated, complicated to be a real good hero. True, it's challenging. Then there's so there's so much evil in the world. You'll eventually lose, maybe, and they'll make you up to be the villain of the story, possibly. That's, That's a little defeatist, really. That is defeatist. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I can see that being more true in the real world than in the game world. I'm so the mind that Darth Vader was the hero. He's the one that stopped the emperor. In a sense. But he, he got turned. He got turned before he stopped the emperor. So, you're correct. He was, ended up being the hero because he ended up stopping the emperor after he got turned. Mm-hmm. Evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> Dark helmet, one of the dumbest, one of the dumbest people in that movie. I mean, hilarious, but he was not smart. You know. Uh, L is saying, um, he's saying Superman is back. I'm going to ask the big question. Do you trust DC? No. Um, 
he says because he's he said at age 16 randy superman is back from dc truth justice in american way he tells his son is is his job after protecting him and his wife yeah i'll believe it when it's there in a couple of years so yeah i'm not sure um so what about this then let's kind of shift because this is where i think it was oh 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 it's a redemption arc i get that max so um let's see because max was saying the complication right so you could start out a good guy if you wanted i mean somebody's loving my shirt right castles and crusades yeah you can start out a good guy get uh uh, get tainted i said the taint word uh got get tainted by the world the evil of the world and then have to be uh have a redemption arc in your story which is cool yeah um <laughs> you ain't gonna put this up there hard to find, but Iron Man says Jimmy Carr says Hitler wasn't all bad. After all, he did kill Hitler. <laughs> Hitler did kill Hitler. Hitler did kill Hitler. <laughs> it was Iron Man back at uh, eight. Yeah, but who's Jimmy Carr? Is he know. talking about Jimmy Carter? I'm not sure. I don't know who Jimmy Carr is. Right. Oh. James Gunn is now in charge of DC Studios. Breaking news. That might be a good thing. Might be. Mm. I don't want a bunch of stupid Suicide Squad Guardians of the Galaxy dog poop, though. Right, right, right. It, it better not all be super cheeseball. Comedian. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'll have to check him out. He's such a good dude. And Elle was saying, I know Henry Cavill's back. We're going to talk about that a bit. Okay, let's let's shift the evil talk a little bit, because I was saying, uh, Bois Van brought me a brought me the idea to my forehead. Last week, we talked about the realms of terror, the Ravenloft setting. If you take that, the world of darkness, which I know very little about, and the midnight setting for D&D, which has been revamped to fifth edition, but I've heard that it's pooped, uh, that it's poop. Um, what about an oppressive setting where the world is quote-unquote evil, where really you are the light in the darkness? So in the midnight setting, it's at least it wasn't third edition. The premise was basically it was a world where a Sauron-like character won. Yeah. Kept gods out. And so you guys are basically just trying to be a little bastion of good in this oppressive evil where the bad guys are controlling everything. You can't really hope to take to take it back over, but you can push things back. Yeah, Legacy Game Master's got it. Basically, Middle Earth with Sauron winning. Um, or Ravenloft, where you can't which by default, you're never going to kill the Dark Lords. You're just going to beat them for a little while and probably suffer. Um, it depends on, from a story point of view, you can be even more heroic hmm. in an oppressive setting like that. Because yeah, if, you sure. still, if you still do heroic things and remain good, mm-hmm. that's even more to your credit in that sort of setting. So the, the opportunity for playing a good guy in an evil setting uh, pr- creates a, a more, uh, more starkly good character, or could. Now, if you're going to say something like um, it's inevitable that, that your character will become corrupted, uh, like we were thinking, right, uh, what's going to happen in Ravenloft, then it's futile and stupid. But 
if you do have some hope of succeeding, even if it's small, even if you fail, that's fine. Um, Bruce Lombardo at 821, he put that one up. Go ahead and read that, Joe. That's kind of a long comment. Uh, Bruce, as it was written, there was no real reason to create characters. Eventually, the Dark Master would send legions after your your lighthouses of humanity and squash you. So, yeah, I wasn't, I, was, I know for sure, one way or the other. I mean, it's one That's thing to have midnight. an oppressive setting. Yeah, midnight. It's one thing to have an oppressive setting that where that eventuality isn't part of the story, where it's just, here you go. Sauron won. What you gonna do, right? N- nothing set in stone. Nothing like what Bruce is saying here. Might that be? Um, and I'd be interested to hear Patrick's opinion on Bruce's statement because I thought he and our buddy Jeff had told us something about near the end of the third edition run, Midnight had an adventure series where you would have a shot to defeat the Sauron. But let's suppose you're in that world where good is all but wiped out. That might be an interesting place to play another evil party. What if you're evil, but you're not oh, down, sure. but you're not down with the ruling evil? And so the DM is playing evil guys going against your evil guys. I don't think I would enjoy that because, first of all, I think you're kind of outgunned in the strategy. You already are in D&D. As a DM, you can't you can I can rarely outthink my players. I mean, that's I can throw a surprise at them because I have a lot of DM control. But without the DM control, you can't outthink five or six other people. You know, they're going to have better ideas than just you by yourself. But if it became a game of pure evil versus evil, it feels like it would just become this all about subterfuge and sneaky, sneaky stuff. And that wears on me. Right. I don't I I don't know. Why would. Why would you even want to? I understand what you would. The point you're making there with evil, the evil party playing against evil. Mm -hmm. I know some people just like playing evil because I can do what I want <laughs> and, and whatever. But uh, I don't, in an oppressive setting, it could be fun if there's a glimmer of hope, right? Even if you don't succeed, like I said earlier. I don't know if I'd want to play an evil party in that because why? Why not join? Join with Sauron. Why not? No. I mean, if I remember that setting correctly, as long as you're not a good guy, you're set. Yeah. You know, what's coming after you? They they only chase down uh, the folks that are good guys. So who cares? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bob Ann, I think he's trying to do an analogy to modern stuff. Look at his, his comments at 824. He got a couple of them. Now, the one before that. Oh, okay. If Sauron, he would take control of all the media and entertainment industry and, and of schools, and he would keep pushing propaganda of how he was a victim, and he is a good guy. Yes, Normie would. would see those who fought Sauron as evil. Yeah, if those <laughs> things existed, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> huh. hmm. Good point, Mr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well played, yeah, the, sir. Yeah. The, win- the winner always makes themselves out to be the good guy. And yes. the folks he would, he, that were trying to, to, to defeat him as the, the, the bad guys. Interesting. Okay, what about Ironcaster's comment? So do we, let's go back to a definition. So do we see Watsi as evil? 
Now, let's look at the definitions. Okay, we do definitions again. There's definition of evil. There's four of them. Morally bad or wrong, wicked. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Now, here's it's a company. Thing. The company can't be immoral. I don't know. Causing ruin, injury, or pain harmful. Yeah, I could see you could see them as evil if you consider D and D or just role the role playing hobby as a form of beauty. And wizards of the coast and the ilk that they are trying to appease or please, having come along and uglied our hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ruined the hobby. Well. I don't think Watsi has. I don't no, think Watsi has done. I think, but they, yeah, but they are pandering to them. Yeah, they've done their part. Yeah, to bring in a certain type of player and to push an agenda. But you know, are these young players and players that not just young players, but players that look at us as like you know, OSR should die because we're evil, or just because we're old people we don't like Fifth Edition or we don't like their their politics. I wonder if that's just, yeah, I I would say wokeness is evil because it ruins people. Yeah, it destroys beauty. Yep. Yeah. So um, you could look at it that way. But I'm also going to say that while they might be trying to change the entire hobby, Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe that they have been successful. No, because we play, and they have no influence on our play, except that we, you know, poke fun at them. Yeah. So are, maybe they're in our heads. Well, they're they're making a valiant effort at ruining the, the hobby as a they whole, are. like a lot of other industries that this uh, infection has uh, spread to. You know, like many of our other uh, comic comics and movies and TV shows. You can't turn one on without there being some form of representation being thrown at you. Not every TV show, but lots of them. Do you think D&D would have suffered had Watsy held the line and just said, when the woke crap comments, people made comments about, hey, I can't believe your drow are racist. I can't believe your orcs are your orcs are black people. What if they said, shut up, we don't care? Do you think they would have less sales? I don't think so. No, actually, I think it would have helped them out some. I mean, it's possible. It's possible that uh, initially it might have been not great for them, but if they stuck to their guns, and they were never going to do this, ever. Mm -hmm. But let's say they did, and they stuck to their guns, they would have. They would have more. They'd have more sales, guaranteed. Yeah. I think so, too, because I think the majority of people that I think you mentioned this last week and when I was getting really I, I, I listened to the end of our podcast when I kind of was ranting and upset. And you were some of the folks. Thank you guys for trying to calm me down a little bit about the whole She-Hulk thing. You're like, look, um, they're telling us it's not for us. Thank you. There are people that are playing fifth edition. Who Watsy despises by mm-hmm. what they write, even if the Watsy writers say they don't, they do by what they write. And people still do it because they still play it because it's D and D. What they do best is subverting. And I was mentioning this to you before. 
Jenny D has a um, quote that someone put up on Twitter uh, today that I read. And essentially it is, um, don't kill your cringe or don't stop being cringe or whatever. Instead, kill what makes you cringe. Or I think what, I can't remember precisely how she said it, but essentially, uh, to paraphrase, don't stop being cringy. <laughs> what? And don't stop being cringy. And for those of, for those out there who cringe at things, stop. You know, kill the thing that makes you cringe at things, which is kind of stupid because that your gut feeling or whatever reaction that makes you cringe is giving you information. You don't want to kill yeah. that. You want you want to you might want to see why you might want to change your mind about what is cringy yeah. maybe but don't you may not want to call some, yeah but it, it, if you're if you're i would call it your conscious when it dings somehow some way you probably should at least pay attention to it even if you don't end up believing it uh, it's I basically have, saying yeah it's ahead. basically saying everything that you that turns you off you should you should stop being turned off by it right which is ridiculous yeah, don't have any discernment what for whatsoever Right. No, no discernment. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, anyway, let me think. What if hmm, I had a math teacher once, not to go down math road, but he said something that might apply here. He told us when we were doing problems, he's like, always trust your intuition, but never believe it. And what he means by that is you see something, your intuition says, oop, it's bad. Trust that it might be right, but verify it. Don't just believe it. You know, even in a math problem, I'll hear students go, oh, obviously it's two. And I'm like, uh, you better check it because it's two and a half. My point being, so when someone says something cringy and you go, oh, okay, don't just lose your mind over it, which I could be one to do. But check into it and see if it really is a bad thing or if you're just making a mountain out of a molehill. But you don't want to just cut off that intuition and that conscience. I would even go a step further. So one of our friends said something similar at the Halloween party. Uh, trust but verify. Right? Yep. No. <laughs> no. Don't trust. Verify. <laughs> that is definitely you. <laughs> That's probably a good tact. I mean, you don't have to say, okay, one plus one equals two. I don't believe that. But... Um, you need to, you need to, uh, you need to just verify. Yeah. Just verify. Yeah. However, when it comes to the games, I mean, we can point our fingers at everybody out there in the world and put our, you know, opinions on what they are or who they are or their motivations or anything like that. At the end of the day, um, which is the coast, um, or Paizo or whoever, um, whether you like the games or not is a matter of taste, uh, or lack thereof, we could say, um, and Palladium, it's a matter of taste. You may not like their games. You may like their games. Play with you. I don't really care. I'm not going to spend any money with Watsi because I think that they represent something bad for the hobby. And, you know, L is saying you can't 
essentially. You can't hurt Hasbro financially. Again, people must buy pools of radiance and pool cyclopedia from Hasbro. Uh, they don't have you to. May, you, don't, you don't have to. I mean, it, you got to pay the big bucks. The point isn't to necessarily ruin them. I mean, if that's what you would like, that's fine. But the, our point isn't that we want to ruin them. Yeah. Our point is we're not participating with them. I think that's right. I think that's the right move. You fight evil. You fight evil in this circumstance, at least right now, by finding other revenue streams, having other creative outlets, and ignoring that. But that is a hard thing to do. As everybody has seen with me, I've waffled like crazy. I'm even tempted now. We'll talk about later on to see the Black Adam movie. Um, granted, it's DC. Marvel can't tempt me, but DC still can. I've got this. I got this inkling, right? You got the new guy that came in, so he's gonna make some changes. And then I'm still seeing some garbage, and you know. And I listen. I, I hear Eric July and Joe in the back of my head saying, "Randy, even if Black Adam is pretty good and you enjoy it, that's just them getting some money so they can push some more woke crap next year." And right, you you, bought, you buying Hollywood's good stuff is financing their bad stuff. Their bad stuff doesn't necessarily make that much money. The good stuff still does. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that we should. I'm just saying what I'm doing. No, and well, last week I said what you should do. Marvel, without doubt, deserves no one's money whatsoever. They don't deserve it. They have told us, you know, in certain terms, they hate us. So Randy's out. DC has implied, without straight up saying it. That they hate us because their stuff they put out is trash. What they're mm-hmm. so, well, what DC has said is we don't want Randy's money because he won't like this. They've not said they've hated me yet, not to my knowledge. Even the gay Superman is just well, you're ruining that, and I hate it. But that's just telling me not to read it, right? Okay, we may have got off topic here. <laughs> it's um, yeah, a bit. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Bruce says there are plenty of great. Uh, uh, he's saying this at L, but the point is good. His stance, I'm sh- pretty sure. There are plenty of great games that aren't made by uh, crappy people. I'm editing on the fly. People that are paid by well, corporate overlords. If you want to continue to get Watsy money, that's your choice. Yeah, I believe that. We have some good games over at Big Geek Emporium. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, complete games for very little money. Yep, yep. All right. Shall we uh, depart from evil and... And into the second segment, we're to tell the folks to do some cool stuff. Right. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to reiterate. Sure. I think I think most of these adventure games are best explored, defeating evil, not being evil. Yes. That's just me. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So on to subscribe. Whoa, you broke up a little bit there, Joe. He meant subscribe. I don't oh, know. I did. I broke up. It maybe didn't break up for the stream, the chat guys, but yeah, subscribe, like button, notification bell, all that good stuff. Hit it. Yes. Um, honey, the uh, camera is pointing away from the, the uh, door now, so they can't see you. You're not muted. The, I don't. Okay. Okay. Don't knock everything down trying to get onto the camera. <laughs> they can't. There you go. <laughs> hey there. In here. 
I've got a, I have a virtual green screen going on here, so. My head fall off. <laughs> Your head did fall off virtually. Yes, she is wearing the squirrel mask. That's how she do. Mr. That's Bob. how she do. She likes to stay anonymous online. She is. She likes to be the anomaly. No, I'm anomaly. actually a squirrel. Anomalous. Oh, she wanted to tell everybody that she's a actually a squirrel. Squirrel human. Yeah, she is a... She's a mixed race. Ooh, half, half, half squirrel. <laughs> half squirrel. Yeah. Mm. So, right. yeah. Um, you can also help us out in uh, if you want. I know times are tough right now, but if you have the spare cash you want to throw our way, we have a few uh, links that will be in the show notes. We have a new method of support um, over at Co uh, Coffee. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Coffee. Coffee. K-O-F-I. It has a, a coffee mug as its moniker, so I'm pretty sure it's pronounced just like coffee. Coffee, all right. Um, so that link will also be in the show notes. Um, cool. Pretty sure it's just coffee forward slash biggest geekus. All right. Um, coffee, K-O-F-I dot com forward slash biggest geekus if you feel like supporting us. I, when I first set this up, I, um, I did not have it set as a, um, a recurring thing, so um, just as a one-offs, but now you can do either or. Yeah. So That's cool. And I think on that one, can't you do a one-time deal versus a, a monthly thing or whatever kind of thing you want to do? Say that again? Uh, can't you on coffee do like a one-time deal? Yeah, you can do one time or recurring. Well, recurring, yeah, okay. Yeah, either or. I didn't set it up to, to the for. I didn't set up the recurring right away. So, I, we had someone go on there and support us as a one-off. Um, ah, we lagged. You lagged me, honey. Um, okay. So yeah. Our next should we go to the next topic, or you got more? Yeah, more to say? yeah. Okay. We, yeah, we are totally professional tonight. Well, segment two, kind of a little bit of mixture here. Um, I'm kind of, I titled it "Stealing Topics." So once again, I'm stealing a Legion of Mist topic from the Friday Night Chill Stream, where they had that uh, video. I, what? That's evil. Stealing is evil. It's one of the cardinal sins. I guess I'm playing an evil character in real life. In real life, you should <laughs> well, be ashamed I'm kinda, of yourself. Kind of stealing it. On a certain level, one I want to because you know he had I watched as much as I could. It was really cool. He had um, Ye Old Geek. He had Connell. I think Shadow was on for a while too, uh, and then Max. I didn't watch the full six hours, but I watched about three. Well, they reviewed this guy who does tabletop RPG reviews. The link will be in there, um, and I also put the link to that chill stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Max is asking about his royalties. Yeah. The check's in the mail, bro. The check is in the mail. Um, Rawr. But I kind of wanted to take this a chance. While we've done this in the past, and maybe the recent past, Web Warrior had asked us about, how did he phrase his email? Do you have that handy, Joe? Could you could you call it up? I'll continue talking while you try to call it up. But um, this guy on Tabletop RPG Reviews, I mean... I, I liked how, how you handled it, Max, but the dude butchered the additions. He just made statements, and I don't think it was all on purpose. Um, I got a little bit um, annoyed with that guy at the Tabletop RPG Reviews because he kept saying 1E and AD&D, 
and I think his his one E from what they were talking about, he was referencing Beck Me or the Rules Cyclopedia. Uh, but you should watch the video. I don't think the guy is a fully bad guy, but he doesn't really give the additions, especially second edition. He gives it a short shrift. I think third edition he does as well. Though to be fair, so does Max. He doesn't like it, and that's okay. Everybody has their has their right to their opinion. And um, because I do think third edition has some advantages. Oh, he did. Oh, L said he deleted the video and remade it. You are muted, Joe. At least I can't hear you. If he corrected it, that's one thing. Right. Did he correct it? Oh. Okay. I'm having a problem accessing that email right now. But, well, I'm just going to say, to paraphrase, mm -hmm. he wanted to know what we thought about the older editions of D&D. &D. Yeah. And we have up some... through, I'm pretty sure it's up through... 5e? Including third? I'm not sure if it includes 5e. We just want the older editions? Because yeah. Yeah, we pushed that through. Well, I would talk about it a little bit for Web Warrior. Look at uh, Legion of Mist comments at 841. So that's legit, huh? What do you you keep telling me what to do, man? Well, do because I can't do it. It's <laughs> obey. It's your fault, dude. Make me a co-host. Then you read it. By the way, I got a lot of hate for that live stream, even from my regulars. Apparently, I was too hard on him. I only watched about the first two and a half hours. I didn't think you were. I thought Max was actually quite fair. I mean. You know, and Max kept saying he didn't want to beat the guy up for, you know, missing like he wasn't trying to be a rules lawyer on the guy. But you do kind of have to know the differences because when, when you say 1E and AD&D &D and you're talking about them as if they're the same game, you got to First of all, they are. But he was referencing 1E as in Beckme. And so that was some real confusion. And well, he, when, some, when some people say additions, they will. They will say they will look at the vast continuum of D and D, and some will say there's like 14 editions, right? Because yeah. they have some crazy way right. of looking at it. Right. But I'm not. I didn't see this video, so I don't know if he prefaced with "Here is my scale of the editions." And when I say first edition, this is what I mean. Apparently, it doesn't sound like that's what he did. So if yeah. he didn't, if he went with some non-standard way of 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 labeling the additions, he should have said so. And if he didn't, he was probably just speaking out of school. And, and I understand that there's a lot of convoluted stuff. There's, you know, like even Legacy Game Master at 844 says the early editions can be a mess. I mean, you had ODND, Beckme, ADND, 1E, all running at the same freaking time. True. And with Beckme, you also had the Rules Cyclopedia, which did, which I just learned recently from both Joe and on Max's uh, Legion of Myth stream, didn't have the Immortal set in it. Right. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. And which I think is fine because Immortals is a different game altogether. Yeah. When you say, when you, when you say, some people will say, Third edition is not D and D. Mm -hmm. Different. It's a different game altogether. Um, we can quibble about that, but you can't quibble about the immortal set because there, it, it, your character fundamentally changes into a to a different system of rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, look at Legion's comment at eight forty five. He sums it up really well. Um, um, Max says he called basic A D and D one E then blamed AD&D 2E for nearly everything that started in AD1E. Yeah, he kind of did. And, 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 you know, you can pick 2E apart for some of the things you don't like. Joe has a lot of rules issues with 2E he doesn't like. 
but it did it did simplify some things it did clarify some things um Al says he said everything before two E was just one game from seventy three to eighty nine, which is clearly wrong. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought, Al, for sure. Reviewed them all as one game, then reviewed two E and up as a different game. And we as, can... did he do that as one game as well? Everything from two E up as the same thing. No, he didn't. That's the same. No, he made quick comments about third and fourth, praised fourth, pooped on third, which a lot of people want to, but I I disagree. <sighs> 5e was the greatest praise of all times of course that's fine that's his favorite game um but he didn't even and he didn't have to do this but let's think about this we all know there's a moldvay basic there's an eric yeah. j holmes basic and there's a mincer edited basic which is what beg mm-hmm. me is so you know we we nerd heads i would understand if you wanted to group all those together that's too much that's real or if you wanted to call them three different editions yeah, As some will do. I'm good with that too, yeah. um, but it kind of. I don't. I don't hate the guy, but uh, and Max did a great job talking about it. I thought, and the people there, I do think. Uh, I wish I was watching. I was like, man, I wish I had been on it because I would have tried my best to defend third edition a little better. Um, I, I, and I see the problems, especially Max's issues with third, but I think. As a D&D game, it still holds on to the heart of D&D. It's just a lot because, you know, Max made the comment, and he can he can pipe in here too. Uh, um, no, I think you're right, Legion. Legion says he, he thinks he gave 4E the best rating of all, except I think for 5th. He was a, wasn't was 5th his favorite. 4E was much higher than the others before it. So, um, but yes, it does, Max, actually. He says no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. I will, I will say why... 3E might have screwed around with the spirit of D&D. Sure, go ahead. One of the things is all race, all class, all level. That fundamentally changes the landscape of the game. Hmm. I mean, because you you didn't have dwarven wizards before. You didn't have gnome wizards before. Not really. But it does. It does. No. I think no. You didn't have dwarven wizards. I agree. But I okay, don't think so if you could have Dwarven Wizards. fundamental change. Sure. Second edition, yeah. we didn't have Assassins and Half-Orcs first at the beginning of second edition. Mm-hmm. Right? Correct. Did that fundamentally change the game? Um, no. I think that's two different things. No. Because you're going to add a race mix in there, it fundamentally changes the uh, game? No, it's not a race mix. All races. Here's, and, and I'm going to use Max's, and Max, correct me if I'm wrong. He said he thought in second edition, the core rules didn't allow for, um, didn't allow for uh, you to play a dwarven wizard. And he thought that was right. But it's your home campaign. If you wanted to have a dwarven wizard, Max could laugh at you about it, but he would be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, come on in, Max. Um, <laughs> he said, don't let me come in there. Correct me. It's fine. I think that's what he's saying. So the core rules should be restrictive and then allow people to do, you know, allow other yeah. options. Yeah. And by allow, you mean have nothing to say about. What do you mean? By allow, in allowing... It's essentially the, the the games don't the game doesn't say one thing or another right. about what you do at your home table. Right. 
Right. And so that's fine. And and that is definitely in the spirit. I get that's in the spirit. But you had a lot of people doing all sorts of weird stuff, even into late second edition. Right, Max. So, okay. You say started backward, I think. I would argue it was a it was a the inverse approach. So it said, let everything be it's let it let everything be wide open, and then the DM can restrict. And Malachi has the right of it. I agree with you. So um, if you would put Malachi's comment at 850, and this is where I'm agreeing, I think the problem with third was this. And he didn't he didn't complete a statement. Randy, it's easier to say yes than to say no, right. So that was the problem with third. There was yes implied everywhere. And therefore, as a DM, you had to be harder to say no. Dwarven wizards are stupid. I'm not going to allow it. Half-orc monks are stupid. I'm not going to allow it. I'm not saying I think that. You know, damn peer gunslingers are stupid. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I agree with you. I think 3rd edition made that original conceit, conceit of level limits and all that stuff really hard to implement because it didn't want to. But you could. It didn't say you couldn't restrict them. Right? But that's not a rule. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say that makes it better, but I think it was still d and I do. Well, I'm not saying it's not, but it has some fundamental differences. And any implied world that you get out of the, the player's handbook that says the that has all of these huge limits by race and class and level, you remove all of that. You have, I still think, a fundamentally different implied world. Maybe. Because, yeah. I mean, if if you cared to think about the implications. Right. Right. So now that you're in another another um, implication, another um, fundamental difference was the magic store, the magic store. Right. The magic store implied thing in mm -hmm. third edition mm -hmm. that created a very, very different uh, way of handling magic items and. Uh, and all of that. So I think it if you if you bothered to think about the implications and tried to mm -hmm. implement some sort of implication thing in your world, if you just rolled with it, maybe your game didn't see any big difference. But yeah, um, I might be I might be being convinced. Max's comments and Joe's might be convincing me a little bit. So, but I but, would say this though. You go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not D&D. &D, no, I would never say I will say it's a different version that has some fundamental differences. I think that's probably okay. I would say for my money, as much as I dislike the 4,000 races and 10,000 classes, which didn't come out in the core, but there was a lot. Right. It uh, happened afterwards. I, I dislike the power creep. And to me... The worst, the worst sin that letting every class be every race um, was the power creep, in addition to feats and skill cheeses. Right, because off of that, you had um, multi-classing and cherry picking, mm -hmm. and then having the feats. So the, all these things kind of, I don't think, as much as people talk about playtesting and whatnot, I really don't think it's all that extensive. I didn't, no, not it, for third edition, no way. No, I mean there was a lot of playtesters, and they had a huge list of them. 
but it just doesn't seem to me that they can claim extensive play testing when very soon after it was released, we were all like, well, this feat is, you, no one should ever take it. This feat is probably the best feat in the game or spell or whatever. And then you could, uh, it didn't take long before the build game started and you had combinations that were clearly superior to other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really think that they did, the playtesting wasn't very good. Right. And this is the thing. This is a good point. Yeah. Legion of Myth says, look, AD&D is my second edition, is my jam, but it's not perfect. In fact, today I'd play Rules Society over AD&D 2E. Makes me sad, but I think it's better now that I'm older. I agree. I like all the conceits. I like conceits of the old games. Um, Life is deadly at early levels. Um, I like the idea of uh, I do like the idea of restrictions on some race or races and classes. I, I do like that. I don't dislike it, but I think as any sort of, as, as mechanics go, I prefer the real super core part of D20 roll high to Faco. And I'm not in, and max hit it perfectly. Faco is perfectly fine. It is super easy to calculate. Um, it's not hard, but I was really pleased to see that he said, yes, it is slightly harder than roll D20 and add, but only in a mathematical sense. That's so for anybody that plays RPGs, it shouldn't matter at all. They go. No, I don't think that the difficulty difference is yeah. detectable by a human. Right. Not really. Not by one that wants to think for half a second, but I also like the saving throws better. Um, I don't. Um, I like the fortitude reflex will. Vastly superior to the 55 saving throws from second edition. <laughs> you know, I wasn't poison paralysis, death magic. That was just all kinds of come on. It's a stamina, it's a dexterity, it's a will. Come on. And it was very nice. Um, skills were too much, but I like that core part of it. And I said before, I like being able to use my minis. I mean, other people might have used their minis in second edition. I like to, um, um, yeah. Hit Legion's comment. He's talking about Thaco there at 856. I agree, Max. You did a good job of explaining that. Uh, because I don't think Thaco is better. I only go off on people who say it's stupid or hard. Or yeah, right. Exactly. It's not stupid. It's not hard. Right. The, not- the the old uh tables have some things that they do that just adding a number to your your role doesn't. Yeah. And adding an, but- and third edition made the dangerous. You know, oh my gosh, I'm 12th level and I got plus 47 to hit. Why should I even roll my D20? That was an issue. Um, I mean, listening to several uh, podcasts over the last few days, I'm starting to think, and I waffle on this, on whether on which mechanic is superior. And I don't know you can really say. You can just have what you like. And with that, the whole um, what is better Oh, hey, I just noticed Dave Giles here. Hey, buddy. Yeah, Dave's in the house. Oh, I don't mind race class restrictions, he says, but he wants a reason for them. Yep. They're not human. That's the reason. Anyway, um, rolling to hit. So um, what is superior? Having just a base number like many games do Mm -hmm. for uh, a target number for like in in, – um, Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. um, and in some other games, um, you just have a percentage and you hit. 
you have a tar and it's basically um roll under it's not it's not a tar you don't get a target number per right. se right um that can more hammer range yeah. widely and you don't have a bunch of modifiers that make your roll wacky yeah um does that does that cause me to do weird things anyway <laughs> i just look funky anyway um i don't know which one it, it feels to me a little bit better after hearing people repeat it mm -hmm. What's having um having a basic chance of success based on your character not based on armor or anything else like that and then um so that the role is uncomplicated so you roll four or higher or whatever the number might be according to your character base uh, or, or skills too um like a palladium how they do skills you have a, a, uh, let's say your percentage chances of, of success is 80 yeah. percent in a skill you just have to roll that or less yeah. we may get um, a chance to explore palladium joe yeah <laughs> so but um but I, I don't know, but I don't know which one. I don't know that we can say one's better than the right. other. It's we like, can only say we'd like one better than the other. Yeah. I guess uh, base attack bonus, roll 20, roll high, has got a simplicity to it, but that doesn't make it superior. Uh, simplicity no. doesn't mean better. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like it. They think it's boring. Sure, sure, and that's fair. And with that, with that go, um, you had a cap on armor classes too. With the old charts, no one got better than a minus ten. I believe that was a high, a high, the highest armor class. So you could get to a point where if your Thaco is low enough, you get a minus ten on a two, right? So, um, yeah, um, I, I think that's probably. Um, there's some advantages to that. Uh, and then you could have a few exceptions, I guess, monsters. But I remember, I think I remember in second edition, at the very end of second edition, I want to say it was Dragon Magazine. I saw a Tiamat stat it out, and she had a negative 15 armor class, which seemed to break the quote-unquote rule of negative 10 being the cap. Yeah. Well, at one point, it was negative 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that's because of the chart. went from 9 to negative 9. So that told the people that that's where your limits were. Whether or not that was true, kind of like the character levels maxing at twenty. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I just like I like the saving throw monikers. Max had said he thought the old ones had flavor, and well, how did he say it? Had flavor, pizzazz, or something? Or I mean, I don't want to misquote him. Randy, uh, you just lost me again. AD and D saves have heart and soul. Okay, quirky maybe, but that's what gives a game flavor. Sure, will fortitude reflex. I don't. I don't believe it's boring, but you can you can think that. All, I can all of this is subjective. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can categorize all the spells and effects under uh, fortitude reflex and will. So in, in my mind, I can do it. And uh, the game that I'm working on will probably have those three saving throws. They seem the simplest. Um, we could say we could say that is sleek. Sleek. Yeah, there's a good word. But I guess but half of those all of this is subjective. All of it's subjective. Yeah. 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 Patrick says, I think some newer players are enamored with the faster, better. Yeah. Faster, the better. Many yeah, new RPGs I don't that combat resolved in seconds. Yeah. I don't think it's always better. I agree. I mean, and, and I'm one of those that tend, Joe knows, I tend to get enamored of easy and quick. Well, simple. so here's, I think there's a history that makes it pushes us in that direction and the history is early games combat was fast 
and um, I'm not sure. I don't think second edition had even really changed much, but third edition may, could make it take a long time. Not necessarily because rolling a d20 and added bonuses isn't fast, right? But it's more from the point of the players often had so many options to choose from that they didn't. They wanted to choose the optimal choice and hemmed and hawed about that optimal choice. So that slowed things down more than anything else. Now, you did have the odd player who had issues with adding uh, whole numbers together, but that's, yeah. that's, not, that's not typical. But the typical oh. thing is slow decision-making. Yeah. Uh, hey, chill gamer. Uh, look at T-shirt historian's comment. I'm going to disagree with him. Look at 9.01 p.m. Put that up. T-shirt has said something I disagree. No, T-shirt. Oh, what's... Nine oh nine oh one nine oh one t-shirted, not David. Okay. He says t-shirt historian says fast combat is always a good thing. Disagree. If you enjoy sitting for twenty plus minutes in a combat, you're not a role player. You're a role player. I don't think that's true. Or nah. I think at the time, listen. At the t- I don't. I don't agree. I think at the time, I want to be an R O L L player. I love a good complex combat that maybe takes an hour to get through. That's involved. Involves the players moving through terrain, being challenged through different foes, new allies coming in. Um, I don't mind a fast combat, but I don't want it to be so fast. I mean, Savage Worlds has a what they call dramatic tasks, and that can sometimes lead things a little stale because if you mm-hmm. can do it for a combat, you don't want to roll dice for. But uh, cinematic combat is fine at times, but there are times I want to roll dice and have a real detailed quasi-tactical yeah. combat. Just, just having one, sometimes you want the combat to go fast. Yeah. Especially if it's, um, hey, there's a there's a, there's three orc guards here. We need to take them out quick. You want that to go quickly, because it, it matches what you would want. But the end scene with the big ball, sometimes having you know you you win initiative, you roll a crit and kill the big boss and they're dead. It's kind of sometimes a little uh, disappointing. So sometimes longer combat, not. You don't want the combat to be the whole game. No. But no. sometimes longer combats feel right. Sometimes shorter combats feel right. I think you should be um, okay with either one. But, you know, some people just want the combat to be over. Yeah. And because for them, the game is more the interactions, less the fighting. Yeah. It all depends. But that, then that's, again, that's all subjective. So. And I've had fun with dramatic tasks. Uh, Chill Gamer at 904 says, I agree, Randy. Sometimes you want to it to go fast, but if it's taking 20 plus minutes, it better be cinematic. Maybe. Uh, that's that's a, a flavor. So T-shirt it says, most combat is a headache for the DM and players sitting around being bored, waiting for their turn to chunk some plastic. I prefer four small combats to one hour long fiasco. Again, that all depends on the makeup of your table. Yeah. Uh, if if uh, if the folks at the table are engaged into the combat and are uh, paying attention, and it's not taking forever to get from person to person, that's when that's when players get bored. If it takes too long to get from person to person, uh, if it doesn't, then it'll be more exciting. There's a qualifier for t-shirted. I would agree with them. If it's taking, like Joe said, we got one player, they can never find their spells, they don't know what they want to do, they take 10 minutes to, to do their turn, and Joe takes 12, 12 seconds. 
the next guy takes 14 seconds, the next guy takes 30 seconds, and then the, the fifth guy takes, you know, five minutes. We got a problem. But that's not a problem of the combat being too long. That's combat of the players not knowing their stuff. Right. And, uh, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, part of it's to each your own. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, but the old school games for me, to kind of answer Web Warrior, I love the feel. I love the ideas. I love I love the uh, – grittiness of it i love the mercies for the weak attitude but some of the rules just don't really um which game is that old school D games pre ah, ah. oh sure 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 Sometimes i like some of the conceits but the some of the rules i'm not yeah i'm not um, yeah 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 we're currently playing ose which was bx i really do want to do ad and d in some format um but I, right now, I'm probably going to be doing uh, – I may be doing some Palladium, so that's leading into the last topic here. So uh, anything else you want to say about the additions? I mean, I know we didn't do a full recap of our opinion on the old additions, but I think we hit the highlights. I, 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 I will say this. Uh, the old additions have a lot of nostalgia factor in my, in my, in my heart. Um, when you read uh, the old rules, the, there's some – warm and fuzzies that come up. Um, and I can't say I don't like playing them because we've been playing uh, OSE, which is old school, which was is fun, but that's because I like playing the games with our with our, our table of friends, our stable of friends, our big stable of friends, all, all different ones. So if I have my preference, the rules I, I don't like. But not so much that I won't play those games, right? Right. So they have more nostalgia factor than good uh, uh, a rule set that I can say I really like. Um. So starting with first edition, because there were several editions before first edition. Yeah. You know, for several different versions of the game. So yep. first edition of the old rules is my favorite. And then I would say third, um, even though some folks here will say that's not D&D, &D, we, can, we can agree to disagree. Um, I like it mainly at this point because um, third edition kind of rejuvenated the hobby as a whole, yes. which is undeniable. Undeniable. Um, undeniable. So um, I like it mostly for that. Um, after having played it for 10 years, looking back, I think that uh, they could have done things a lot differently and still had a good, a good uh, game. They, uh, but, of course, they, I think they fashioned the game in a lot of ways to have a broader appeal. And starting with third edition, the broader appeal uh, factor has overall ruined, the, ruined their um, – ruined their – uh, business plan, I think, because they still have that broad appeal. Yeah, they want broader appeal. They want more people buying the product, so broader appeal. So the game's less itself uh, yeah. and diluted. There's a lot of what, different words you can use for it, but yeah. I guess with third edition, I, it's not that I don't. Yeah, it, it does rub me the wrong way a little bit when when uh, Legion calls third edition Watsy D and D first edition, but. It's only because I have such a dislike of fourth 
fifth edition has fallen to a bad taste in my mouth. But Max is not fully wrong. I mean, I, th I think I'm convinced by you and him that there is some things that were lost. But I had such a good time with third edition. I can't poop on it. I can't fully poop on it. Um, I can't. And I had, but I, I won't poop on the old editions either before that because I had a good time. Yeah. I had nothing to say about fourth. I've had some fun with fifth, but they just, I don't know. They don't want me around as a customer, so I'm bouncing. You know, fifth so, edition. So, yeah. So, fifth edition is easy. The other editions have more of a complex uh, I agree. way Anything, of looking at them. Even fourth edition is more complex than fifth. Well, I'm not saying the game isn't. I'm not saying the game is complex, but what I think about the games isn't a simple, straightforward, you know, like or don't like. Right. All right. So we move out of the editions and head to the last segment here. A little random geekitude. Yeah, we actually have some voicemail. Oh. Let me see if I can pull that up. Yeah. Hit us with it. We got two from John Allen Large over at um, Red Dice Diaries. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I have to undo that. Yeah, come on, man. Undo that stuff. Because you have to also click the whole system mm -hmm. thing. All right. Hey there, guys. It's Johnny from the Red Dice Stories. Just listening to your D&D and RPG podcast. And, yeah, I think you make a good point about what's he chasing the demographic. And I think it's pretty obvious that that's what they are doing. You can't really blame them, though they're a company they've got to make money you know they've got to go where the trends are and what sort of cool and inverted commas popular thing is now so it it really doesn't surprise me that they're doing that like so how long ago i accepted that i'm not really the target demographic of the core dnd or the current version of dnd anymore but as you say even if what ceased to exist tomorrow we still have loads of rpgs we'd still have loads of cool osr stuff to play so it's not all bad Anyway, I'm going to get back to listening to the episode, guys. Keep up the good work. I'll catch you soon. Yeah, I guess that's where I've come to as well. Yeah, they did it all sound funky or just that very beginning? Just that beginning. Patrick says, yeah, yeah. whoa, John became a Max Headroom. <laughs> right. So, yeah, um, I think that's where I am at right now. Uh, I will disagree slightly and say I can point a finger at Wizards of the Coast Following a particular demographic is a choice. So they could, it's not necessarily in their best interest, maybe short term, but not long term, in my opinion, in their best interest to keep pandering to that, that um, kind of harebrained uh, demographic they keep chasing around. Yeah, they don't have to. No, they don't have to, and they are chasing something that's going to wrench. It's trying to eat them anyway. Uh, but I do what I do agree with John is, yeah, whatever Watsy does, who cares? The truth, of the matter, yeah. um, the truth, of the matter is, if there was never another role playing game made starting today, I have more RPG stuff than I will ever play. Say that last bit again. I said. 
if no one ever made another RPG game at all, if all mm-hmm. RPG products stopped being produced right now, I have more RPG stuff than I would ever play. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I disagree. Flady is saying they do not have to chase the cash they choose to. They do have a fiduciary responsibility, especially if they are a publicly traded company, to do their best to make the, the, make the, the most money they can while still having a quality product. Um, but they don't, um, whether or not their current demographic they are choosing is the correct one, it will, we'll see over time. Uh, yes, they are a company. Uh, you, they have to be expected to want to be profitable. But whether the demographic they have chosen to follow is the correct choice, um, maybe short term, like I'm, I was saying, uh, maybe short term it's okay, but I don't think it's going to be good long term. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's leading, uh, it's leading down a road that's going to bite them in the butt. Is there any more, or is that is that it? Yeah. So yeah, Flady and I are in agreement. Uh, yeah. Long term, do you do have to trend? Looking at trends is something you still have to do, but long term trends, not short term trends. It's just hard to do though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, John here again for the Red Dice Diaries. Just started listening to your episode about the great old D&D modules. But I have to say, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about the latest edition of Hyperborea. I got mine a while ago, and I've had a quick flick through it. I haven't really had a chance to sit down and sort of delve deeply into it and sort of read through it. I'd be interested to hear what you guys' thoughts are on the books themselves. Anyway, I'm going to get back to listening to the episode. Give it the good work. I'll catch you soon. I could do that. I've got the Hyperborea books. I would be happy to give them a little read through and uh, review. I'll probably get that on the schedule there, John. Yeah, I've got the new third edition one. Very happy with them. I think they're beautiful. I need to haven't seen the table yet. We got such a long backlog, but right. So yeah. L says Watsy isn't chasing any demographic. ESG and BlackRock forced them to hire people that don't know games and just want diverse, engaged junk in it for no reason. I'd like to see some evidence of that. It's yeah. not. It's nice. Uh oh, we have some excitement here. T-shirt of the man who's played many games. Oh, f yeah. Paraphrasing Hyperborea. Woo, good effing game. I think it's going to be good too. I can't wait to. This is the first one I've owned. I never owned the first or second edition. It's very pretty books. So at a bare minimum, the books are going to get you know plus on display and how they look. So. Very awesome. Right. Now, ESG is a force out there that a lot of companies are bowing to, especially when they're multinational. BlackRock. I don't know about that. I mean, you know, L could be right, but there's no. Could be right. I don't, I don't know one way or the other. Yeah. Was that all our call-ins? No emails or nothing besides that? That's it. How about reports from Big Geek Land? I have nothing to say about Big Geek Adventures. I do have one comment on Big Geek Con. Okay, we'll go ahead with Con. Big Geek Con. Uh, my college is out. Oh. I was told we have to be a nonprofit. So, um, yeah, I think it's out. I don't think we can do nonprofit. I could talk with Joe about a nonprofit, but I don't think we want to do that. So. No, it's a company. We seek profit. 
Right. So that's where I'm at. So it's yes. probably going to be um, either at the Sheraton or one last place. So it's looking like it's going to be the hotel. That's where I'm leaning toward. Okay. That'll be most convenient. It'll be smaller, intimate, and lovely. So good deal. Um, oh, T-shirt that said Hyperborea has the glaive from Crawl. Oh, that sounds great. It does. Nice. I dare you to catch one of them things. Do it. I double dog dare you. <laughs> your wrist will be your elbow. Be cut off. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, seeking profit. Max Boivin, seeking profit doesn't always equate to making profit. Correct. Not all. Yeah, that's. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, Legion says, I want to put this little comment up about at Biggest Geekus. We need affiliate links for Big Geek Emporium. Truth Sometime in the future. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we give a little uh little uh should I give a little chat about Palladium Games or you got some stuff for big geek? Uh, um not a not big. Um I don't know if I even have an update really. Okay. I don't no, I guess not. And because we already talked about uh print on demand last week. Um nothing's really uh um progressed since then. We're still Still waiting for the um, the devs to um, produce a uh, new version of the site. So hopefully, you know, when that comes out, it'll be a lot slicker than it is now. So um, we're going to join Max, uh, I guess, apparently at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Friday Chill Stream. That would be me and Patrick, as Patrick and five of his best homies, including his wife and me, yours truly, went... Um, down the road, close to Detroit, and checked out Palladium Games. We got to meet with um, Kevin Sambita and Sean Roberson. Um, I'm going to try to save most of Max's show, the gritty detail. But I will say this. I have been seriously impressed by the Palladium guys. They were supremely welcoming. And we sat for three hours just as a visit and talked gaming Kevin had a lot of goodness and cool stories to talk about. Um, we hope to have him and Sean on our show. Um, and that's pretty exciting. Uh, they took a liking to our buddy, Patrick. He'll talk more about that on Max's show. Uh, Is Kevin, it okay to say that? Well, I guess it's cast out of the bag. For what? Being on the show. There was no spoke. That's out of No, no, no. They, they, we'd like to get, we'll, we'll have them on some point soon. Uh, probably separate times. Um, thanks, uh, Legion. We'll check that out. Um, um, yeah, I will do that. I'll get on there and contact you, Max. Um, we um, bought some stuff. I bought quite a bit of stuff. Others bought quite a bit of stuff. Um, I think it's really cool. They're, the way they do things is very interesting. Um he was not the guy, and I knew from Max's interview, he was not the guy I thought he was, but it made it really clear when we got to sit and talk with him. I just, um, it was weird. It was just like, you know, meeting some gaming buddies. Um, and um, it'll be, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Legion. We do hope we'll get both of them on here, probably one at a time. Um, we're excited to do that. Uh yeah, we just had a good time. I don't I don't want to spoil any Patrick's information, but it was just really a good experience. Um hmm. Yeah, I I'm 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 probably gonna be playing some palladium very soon. 
So pumped. So that is very, very cool, especially getting him on here. Yeah. Um, them, both of them. Yeah. That'd be great. We got some other little things that we can't share right now. Uh, Joe and I do connected to Palladium. We hope it comes to fruition, but right now we're just going to tease it at that. <laughs> oh, I guess we do have one um, big geek and, um, thing to say is uh, uh, we may be adding um, what's it called? Watermarking to the to the mix. Uh, Right. And some people want that for, um, I don't know, it's some kind of security thing sure. to them. I think that it's um, kind of not as big of a deal security-wise as some people make it out to be because right. I've been made to understand by David Guile here that any watermarking can just, you know, to the savvy person, can just be removed. So. Oh, Okay. But yeah, so check out uh, Friday Night Chill Stream. Patrick and I will be on there talking in more juicy details. Uh, again, the biggest geek of stuff I can't, I don't know. There's some stuff we can't share yet, but hopefully it'll happen and we'll let you know. Yeah. Um, that's all I want to say on that. Um, I did want to talk about Black Adam just for a second. Is that okay? Or do you want to talk about something else, John? No, go ahead. So the Black Adam movie has come out. It seems like the critics hate it. Um, give me just a moment. Um, I want to check the most recent uh, Black Adam Rotten Tomatoes score. It's quite, quite. Do they do they have a reason why they don't like it, or is it just a low? Oh, rating? dig this, baby! I love it. So um, I'm going to do the presentation of the screen. Is it our favorite um, combination of factors? Critics don't like. Users do like. Yeah, so, um, oh, I should be sharing. Did I not share? No. What is going on, Randall? Stop screen. Try again. Share screen, Randy. Do it right. Joe's going to hate me if I don't do it right. Did I share that time? Don't touch anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good plan. So, um uh, look at that. If you can, let me make it a little bigger. There are the scores, which that alone normally makes me. Thanks, Al. Just go, Randy, go. <laughs> Technology, man. 39% for the critics because you know they're stupid. And 90% from the audience, not because you know they're good, but that's that's that must be a fun movie. It must be. So, um. One of our favorite, uh, new favorites on YouTube, uh, El Chapo, says he thinks it's okay, bordering on good. Right. And to me, uh, Black Adam was never a huge favorite, though I thought he was very cool. I do want to see the, um, <laughs> I do want to see him in Superman. I'm willing to wait till. It comes on HBO Max. Uh, thank you, Flady. Uh, Flady says, Randy, go see what you like. We can't, can't cut out everything to fight the, the whole woke. That's true. But I can. I know Joe can. And I and I can. Um, I can't say I'm about 30% leaning. Supposed to have a date night, Thursday night with the wife. And she's interested because, well, the rock's in it. So <laughs> she does like superhero stuff a little bit. So next week, I may, I may, I may uh, cave in. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, 
So Flady says, <laughs> but I'm hoping the big secret news is that Big Geek Con is being hosted for free at the Palladium Gaming Compound. <laughs> uh, that won't be happening. They, they have a couple of immunocompromised folks that work there, so yeah. they're not going to have a whole big crowd, crowd of people coming there for two or three days. But that would be pretty cool if it could happen. Look what Bruce Lombardo says right after that at 925. He says, Slady One, I can definitely avoid giving money to the woke. I never heard of Black Adam, and this line of movies hasn't impressed me. You're not you're not wrong, uh, Bruce. Um, I just have to say my I guess I just want to hold on to one of my old loves, DC being the first comic book love that I had. Or actually second, but my favorite. Um We'll see. I, I may not end up going unless the wife says she wants to go. I'm not going myself, and I'll just watch it on HBO Max. I will watch it there if I'm not giving them money. Right. So, yeah. But that's it. So that's all I wanted to point out. It's kind of cool that the critics hate it. The Rock apparently someone said it in the chat. I think it was L or somebody that Rock had come out and said he won. There's nothing wrong with making movies for the fans, and that's what we should do. And so I appreciate that. And, you know, who knows if he's honest, but it seems like he was. So, yeah, Wonder Woman was good. 84 was horrible. Mark Rockman says, old Superman movie. That's still good. You I mean, some of the some of the so special effects aren't great. They don't hold up very well. But as a movie, it's good. You do. It's from the 70s. So the 70 in the 70s movies were made in a particular way that's different from now. They had longer sequences in there. Uh, they, they shot longer sequences, so it might seem slower just from that because there's not a cut, 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 cut like we have these days. Um, so we, and I was thinking of Superman the movie, me and Jeffrey not too long ago in one of the throwback cinemas, we watched Superman the movie. I can't describe to you how wonderful it was to watch a simple superhero tale with a guy trying to portray the character that is that everybody knew and loved and it was surprisingly satisfying it wasn't slam bang you're talking 1978 nine whenever a superman movie came out so you know it was different but it was really enjoyable i just i just i just loved it um, I disagree, Al. I don't think The Rock is a bad actor. I think he's limited, but I like what he does. I, I think the, the only real range I think he ever showed, I think, I don't think that they've really, if he is a good actor, they haven't really, he hasn't really explored it because he plays the same kind of character in all of his movies. I would say except one, and that's Get Shorty. Yep. I think he played it a little bit different there, but still not not terribly you know but he I, wasn't but he wasn't the guy who was running around bending bars and 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 doing what he normally does yeah but. yeah the rock was great in jumanji i agree mar i like the rock i think he's a perfect he could be a, he could could be a good black adam the black adam's a pretty cerebral character and he is a good foe for superman because he's magically based so superman has a hard time with him mm. he's a powerhouse so, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'll probably watch it on HBO Max, but if the wife gets a wild hair this week and wants to go. I have to admit, I haven't seen all of his movies, too, so I could be wrong. No, I mean, yeah. We're talking about the second Jumanji, Max. 
Mr. Boivin says Robin Williams was in Jumanji. We're talking about the more recent remake. All right. Well, there were a couple of them, weren't there? Was he in both of them? Hmm? Didn't they make two uh, of them set in that kind of Jumanji thing? Yeah, yeah. Alternate Jumanji thing? A sequel Jumanji, yeah. 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 Anyway, do we have anything else? I don't think so. That's all on the agenda. Yeah, I think we've hit the whole thing. All right. Well, I think that means that's a show. All right, bud. That is a show. I'm going to set some things up here so we can scooch out. All right. So uh, if that's it, then if you'd like to support our show, please like, subscribe, and share us where you are listening or viewing the show. Um, that means in, in, in uh, YouTube land or in podcast land. Please leave us a review if you can. Um, that would help as well. We're also out there in the social media space, in Twitter and in Facebook, so and in MeWe. So you, if you find us out there, get in touch. We'd like to follow. Um, you can support us over at PayPal still, uh, Streamlabs, and at Anchor. Just search for Biggest Geekest, and we have added coffee or Ko-Fi. People insist that it's pronounced Ko-Fi in the comments, so I don't know. K-O-F-I dot is that dot com i think it's dot com here it is yeah ko hyphen fi dot com forward slash biggest geekus those are some ways you can support us you can also just tell us about tell your friends and your neighbors and your enemies about us that would be great yes our website is biggest um, our email is thegeeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. Our store is Big Geek Emporium. Uh, the Big Geek Emporium is at uh, biggeekemporium.com. Hey, Shadow's going to be getting you later, dude. Look at his comment at 931. Oh, I'll be getting a hold of you later, Joe. <laughs> I think that's a threat. Sounds, sounds <laughs> threatening. You better watch out, dude. I better watch out. Play, dude. You don't play. <laughs> All right. With that, this is Joe. And I'm Randy. And remember, if you can't be big like us, then be big, uh, geeks like us.